episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page, homeschool curriculum for hands-on, creative, and gifted learners. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com. Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms Podcast. Episode number 16. In this week's episode, the moms chat about how their first week of homeschooling went, finding balance between being out exploring and being home, and all about title homeschooling. <laughs> Mom, where's my glasses? Honey, where's my glasses? Mom, can I have a drink? Why is a dog wearing a tutu? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And, and we're the Savvy Homeschool Moms. So, Tina, what's the time code this week to skip to the end of our chit-chat? 18 minutes, 4 seconds. And, Tina, how was your week this week? Ah, well, last week, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's <laughs> was, true. I <laughs> guess it was last week, because now we're into the next week, aren't we? <laughs> uh, sorry, guys, we're actually re- recording on Tuesday this week, because I have been ill this weekend. Yeah. So we apologize sucks. for being late, but life happens. <laughs> so right. how, was, how was last week, Tina? Last week was okay. It wasn't great, but... Um, I had a nice soft start for our homeschooling. We had a, um, I had hoped to be able to go full bore, but it was just not in the cars. I, I'm really a last minute kind of type person and I thought I had gotten everything ready and I really hadn't. And I'm still actually doing all the prep work I should have done weeks ago, (laughs) but it's, I just don't feel inspired until like my feet are to the fire. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we had a nice slow start to our week. We got a lot done. Not, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but we got some stuff done. I at least got math done every day, so that was Yay. good. Um, so we basically um, did math and a couple of other things that I kind of threw in there just to feel like I was being a little more successful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did get more organizing done, which was exciting. And we got our new timelines. That yes. was exciting. Oh, my gosh. Pendia Press gave us some timelines to try out, which we'll do a full review on once we've had a chance to really use them. But we posted pictures on Instagram, so some of you may have noticed that. Um, and they look gorgeous on my wall. I'm yes. so happy, and they look good on your wall. From what I saw in your picture too. Yes, I absolutely love it. Oh, I know they're they're beautiful, and I'm like I was so excited to see the stickers. I was like, oh, stickers! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I can't wait to use these. So, um, I put our first sticker on today. Oh, did you? How exciting! Yay! Our our um history odyssey lesson that we did last week was. Um, talking about oceans and continents. We didn't actually get into any history yet, so I didn't have any stickers to put up yet. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I'm looking forward to being able to do that soon. And since this week we're supposed to move on to whatever the first time period is, I can't remember what it is that we're going to be talking about today <laughs> or this week. Um, anyway, um, I'm trying to, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how to use my new planner, this planner that I got, which I'm going to do a full on review of once, um, once I get it all figured out. It's not that it's complicated. It's just a matter of trying to figure out how to make it work for my way of doing things. Mm-hmm. So, um, that will be coming in the future. I'm still, I've spent some time last week, um, figuring it out. I printed up 
like how I think that it could be used, and then I keep tweaking it. <laughs> so that's I'm that like, planner that's uh, editable, right? So that's, yeah. it, it's meant to be, yeah. you get it, and then you mess with it, and you make it yours. Yeah, exactly. And incidentally, all that work that I did on that spreadsheet yeah. was all for chapters that they don't cover in History Odyssey. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, because uh, I was going for, you know, the, the last 500 years in that uh, Usborne Encyclopedia of World History. Uh-huh. Um, and I did research on, like, the first three two-page spreads. And I got all kinds of cool stuff. And they don't start until, like, the fourth or the fifth. <laughs> And I'm like, it's okay. We'll get to that eventually. I'll hold on to the info because I, I mean, I could go and go do all that, but I just really like history odyssey. And I love the fact that they use the, the Usborne encyclopedia of world history. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm like, I'm just going to stick with this and follow this and see where it takes us. And, you know, we can always go back to that later. But, um, yeah, so, uh, and of course, those sections on the spreadsheet were blank. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, crud, now I got to go do more <laughs> research. And all that research that I did that I thought I had got me off to a good start is no longer. But it's still there if anybody wants to check it out. <laughs> Also, let's see what else happened this week. Um, this last week, Maven has taken up making us breakfast. That was really exciting. She's nice. like, uh, oh, we've done it like three days, two or three days in a row now, I think, actually. She decided to um, get up early. and Well, she always gets up early and does her chores and plays on the computer. And then lately, she's decided that she wants to make breakfast for all of us, which has been really nice. We found some, uh, uh, I found oatmeal chocolate chip muffin mix at... Uh, grocery outlet which i know you love too yes and so excited i'm really sad because i know it won't probably won't be there the next time i go but (laughs) (laughs) i don't like that aspect of it but (laughs) but we were really excited oh oatmeal chocolate chip and then of course she decided to make them so yay (laughs) that was really fun to wake up to the smell of chocolate chip muffins (laughs) yum yeah and she makes eggs to go along with it and this morning she actually did a whole restaurant it was so cute (laughs) she actually like put a tablecloth on and she made origami paper flowers and took nice. our order and brought us our food it was really it was really fun so that was really fun and uh the last thing i was just going to mention because i didn't know when else to mention it was you and i were just talking about writing because Tieran actually has had this thing recently where um he keeps saying that his hand is tired from writing and i haven't figured out 100 percent yet if it's just him not wanting to do the work mm-hmm. or if I think I suspect he may hold his pencil too tight. And so you had a really good suggestion about holding pencils too tight. Yeah. Cause I had the same problem when I was. A yeah. Kid. yeah. Yeah. So I, I had a, a teacher that gave me one of those um, rubber pencil grip things, not the triangle ones, but the ones that are like a ball that someone has grabbed the pencil. Yeah. And um, it, it wasn't that the thing itself made me not hold it. It was the fact that, Touching it reminded me that I was holding the pencil too tight, so then I would remember and loosen up my grip. Yeah, so I'm going to have to go get one of those things, because it sounds like something that might be worth trying with him. I also have found that I do need to sit right with him. Like, I was just, earlier, when we were starting to talk, I was telling him to go and finish the page of math that he started, and of course he starts balking on it, and and I'm like, no, it's fine, we'll just do it later, because I really do have to sit right with him, especially mm-hmm. since we've only just started the new school year, he's not in the swing of things yet, I really have to sit right with him, it's not that he can't do the work, it's just that, yeah, emotionally, he, like, needs me to sit there with him to keep him on task, otherwise he's like, I don't want to do this, right. but if I'm sitting right there talking to him, he feels 
feels like he's getting mommy time and he doesn't mind doing it so much. And I also actually, with the whole pencil and writing thing, since he is seven and he hasn't done a whole lot of writing yet, I don't, I don't, I don't have them writing a whole lot. I probably should do more, but I'm, I'm okay with them not doing a ton of it. Some of the stuff I'll, I'll write for them and they'll dictate to me. Mm-hmm. Both of them, because sometimes it's just I want them to get the words out, not necessarily the physical writing. Although I know they have to do that too. But there are times when, like even for math, like I'll have him dictate to me what the answers are, and I'll write them down because he's already done like a whole page, and I know his hand. Right. You know, at seven, he hasn't written as much as you know Maven at almost twelve has is used to writing more. So I know that it. I don't want it to become a drag where he just hates to sit down and write because it, it's it's always a lot a lot of writing. You know, so it was more about you know you practice you do the first half of the page or whatever and then I'll I'll write for you and and you just give me the answers and then we whiz through the math a lot faster too that way and he's still getting the math so right so that works out nicely I don't, I'm sure that there's other people that probably do it similarly do whatever works for your kid exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly so Becky how was your first week back well unlike you we jumped in feet first on mm-hmm. Monday um, because I knew that we have a, a whole new schedule coming up in two weeks when classes start. Well, two weeks Monday, which is like a week from now. Yeah, it's a week from now. Yeah. Less than um, a week. We have our enrichment classes starting, so I wanted to make sure we had a good solid foundation of what we're going to be doing every day so that, you know, we don't get into that thing where, oh, we went to enrichment classes today. I guess you guys don't have to do any, you know, schoolwork today and that kind of thing. And so um, I made a schedule, uh, and we stuck to it pretty well this week, even though Grandma was here on Friday. We still <laughs> sat down, and, and um, we still my, – my goal is for this year, language, arts, and math every day. Weekday, not weekends, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And then every, and then the extra subjects like um, history and um, science and art history and things like that, I'm going to stick them in on Tuesday, Thursdays, and Fridays. But as long as we get – um, language arts and math done every day. I, I'm going to count it as a win, and so sure. it actually went pretty well. Considering um, for um, several of the subjects, it's completely new curriculum that I've never used before. Math Mammoth, for one thing, which mm-hmm. actually I have to say, it's going really well. The Math Mammoth is going yeah, really isn't well. Isn't it awesome? <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I love it. I just have one tiny little complaint about it. I hate uh, pay, pay, uh, books that back the second page of one worksheet and the first page of another worksheet on each other. Oh, really? It drives me crazy. I, I, <laughs> you know, leave a bank blank page if you have to, but make the front and the back one worksheet, not, you know... Oh, I see what you mean. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That, oh, that, that drives me berserk. Because then you can't just rip it off and... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Then you have to keep track. Or you can't just file it away as completed because you need the other side of it for the next day. And right, right. And sometimes the other side of it is, is like the links. Like if it's starting a whole new um, like section, it'll be... Or a new chapter, it's like links because she puts a lot of useful links in there too. Yeah. That yeah. drives me nuts too, but oh well. <laughs> but other than that, you know... All of it is going really well. Um, everything seems to be um, swimming right along. And now if I could just the ki- get the kids to be swimming right along I know, with right. the curriculum, then it would be good. They're, you know, because like yours, they're not in the habit. They're, you know, right. they've, they've slipped out of it. And, and they want to go back to when they can wake up in the morning and play Minecraft. And I'm like, no, there is no, <sighs> no video games until after schoolwork is done. That's our rule in this house. No video games right. until schoolwork is done. And usually we don't start schoolwork until daddy goes to work. Mm-hmm. Because then we have, you know, daddy time in the morning. But I've been starting it a little bit before he leaves. 
And mm-hmm. uh, that's working out really well. Oh, good. And then um, I I did that new binder system, what, like two days or three days before school started? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I decided to redo the whole binder system. And um, that's working really well, too. I, I'm de- I've got three binders now. I have one binder that's got the five folders for their work for every day. It's, you know, um, one binder's for Monday, or one folder inside is for Monday. One side of that folder is Danielle's, and one side is Jack's. Oh, okay. And so when I do my lesson planning, all of their worksheets and stuff I rip out and stick in the folders. And then, like, if, there's, if they're doing something that doesn't have a worksheet, then, um, then I take a piece of paper and I write down what they're doing and I stick it in the folder so that... Oh, that's smart. So I use, the, I use colored paper so that I can see it very clearly when I'm going through looking at the worksheets and everything. And mm-hmm. that makes it easy for me to not miss those things that don't necessarily have a worksheet already attached to them, but oh, they still need smart. to be done. Like uh, for um, Wednesday, we planted seeds in our little root viewer. And so I just put a little piece of paper and it says plant seeds in root viewer. And then when I got to that point in the folder, I was like, oh, now I know what I need to do next, plant the seeds in the root viewer. So that's working really well. And then I have a second binder now, which was your idea, actually, because I have to take the, the samples down to teacher. I've never had to right. do that before. I've, I've never had to take everything with me. Yeah. So it used to be I had one folder for Danielle's completed work, one folder for Jack's completed work, and I went through and pulled the samples out. But now I have one folder for each subject, and again, one side of the folder is Danielle's work, and the other side of the folder is Jack's work. Right. And, um, and then also in that binder, I've got the attendance sheets, and I've got those forms that you... Right. that I got from you to write down exactly what they did every day. And then the third folder, of course, is my, my great big folder of everything that I keep track of all of my work and all of my things that I need to do, my bills and all that stuff. And so far, it's working out really, really well. So awesome! I am happy with that. It's good to be organized. But, you know, you were saying that, that you know, you, you had not done as much organization as you felt you needed to do and you had to yeah. do more when we started you know I did all of that organization and I still feel like I'm not organized enough <laughs> I still feel like there's some ways that I could tweak this that it could just be even better but well yeah that always happens huh yeah I just hadn't even gotten to the point where I felt like I was ready to start but I'm like whatever I'll just keep going anyway <laughs> yeah and I'll make it up as I go along as always and it's actually uh, I've, I'm getting bit, some better ideas now and I'm starting to feel like I'm getting getting there slowly yes yeah. So also this year is the first year I've ever done subjects with the children together. The children have always done all of their subjects separately. Oh, uh-huh. And so this year for the first time we're doing subjects together and we're doing history together. And um, we had kind of a funny incident on uh, Tuesday. The kids were um, working on, the, last Tuesday, not today, um, the kids were working on their history and they were coloring. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were coloring pictures of um, like the, the pyramids and stuff like that. And... Um, Danielle accused Jack of copying her <laughs> coloring, which I find amusing. And yeah. so they, they have folders that, that they just lay flat and they do their work on because my table is wooden and it's got pits and stuff in it. And when oh. they write, it's not smooth. Right. And so they have these folders that they write, do their writing on so that they don't have to worry about the wood pitting. And um, they took their folders and they put them up like little privacy screens. So oh, funny. So one couldn't see what the other one was doing, and that's how we did our whole history, all, all of our history that day was with the Funny. privacy screens up, and you know, <laughs> and I would read, and they would color, and and you know, it was hilarious. But are it, you doing story of the world then with history Odyssey? Yes. Yeah. What'd you guys think of it so far? So far, it's good. Um, we're only on lesson two, so we've only read one thing out of story of the world. But oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because it. Um, we did lesson one last week and we're on lesson two this week and then lesson two was mostly uh, the Osborne history book oh, right 
which right. I can't think of the title of off the top, Illustrated World History or something like that. Oh, the Encyclopedia of World History? That, yes, that yeah, one. That. Most, Massive Mondo book, yes. Yes, and, <laughs> I, and I felt, I was really upset because when I looked at the History Odyssey, it completely skips like the first hundred pages of that book. Oh, I know. And it's awesome. There, so I just sat down with the kids and I said, look, our curriculum... Uh, skips this but we're going to look at it anyway so we went through and looked at all the pictures and i read like little descriptions and read little things out of there and and so kind of got them up to date to because we just like jump straight into farming oh i know it starts with humans yeah it doesn't talk about prehistoric life well it, it didn't even talk about it didn't even really talk about before we were farming and before we were oh, like, domesticating yeah, like animals. prehistoric man and such, yeah. Yeah, we, we completely skipped hunter-gatherers and everything. So yeah. <laughs> the kids and I went back and, and we looked through the book and we talked about hunter-gatherers and that kind of thing and mammoth hunters and stuff. And then we went ahead because the, the actual first lesson on you know um, farming is not very long. So there was plenty of time to talk about hunter-gatherers and stuff like that and then segue into farming and then get back into where the curriculum's at. Right. But so far, I've, other than other than the fact that they, you know, completely skipped hunter-gatherers, which I thought was sad, <laughs> all in all, it was a very good week. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, I wouldn't say, I don't I wouldn't say ours was excellent or even very good, but it was okay. <laughs> yeah, well, except for the being sick part. Other than that, it yeah, was Yeah, really the sick part. And then Danielle's birthday was Saturday. Oh, right. And, yeah, so we had, like, family and everybody here, and that was insanity. Mm-hmm. And, um... But it was a good party. We did a little spa party. Her friends came over and got manicures and pedicures and facials. And it's really funny because I was making the facials, right? And the facials are just strawberries, Greek yogurt, and honey mixed together. Mm -hmm. And I was making it in the blender. And um, it was like, okay, it's too thick. It's too thin. It's too thick. It's too thin. And finally, by the time I got it the right consistency, I had a full blender. I had used an entire package of yogurt and an entire package of strawberries. So I was like, well, I don't need all of this. What am I going to do? So I took and poured some of it into a little bowl to use for the, the facials. And then I took the rest of it and poured it into a big baggie and put it in the freezer. And then on Monday, I took and broke it up into pieces, dropped it in my blender, and made it into smoothies for the kids. <laughs> Mask smoothies. Yes. <laughs> So next we're going to talk about some of the comments and questions and such that we got from our listeners this week. Um, Angela on Facebook um, posted, I would love to hear you chat about finding a balance between being out doing things, field trips, activities, etc., and staying at home to work on other curriculum and and have downtime. I seem to always struggle with this, especially since I have one very extroverted child and one very introverted child. Mm. So what do you think, Becky? Well, um, it's hard. I have to say it is really hard to, to find that balance and the balance is going to be different for every family and and it's possible that for every child within that family, it's going to be different. Um, for us, um, we tend to be homebodies. Um, we don't go out a a lot. Um, but when we do, and uh, like a school starting now and I was going through my calendar and I was looking at all the stuff we have to get done and I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's so much that we're doing. How are we ever going to... Uh, it's like the joke, you know, why do they call it homeschooling when we're never at home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I, I have done um, is when we're out doing things, um, like Jack had speech therapy. And so Danielle and I would do schoolwork while we were in the waiting room, um, waiting for Jack to get done with his speech therapy. Um, we have done um, waiting room schooling at speech therapy. We've done waiting room schooling at the dentist. We've done waiting room schooling all over the place. Um, and that's one way that we you know, are able to get the stuff done that has to get done while still being out and getting things done that, that we want to do or that need to get done like 
speech therapy or the dentist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what I find is that I I just try to go with what what the kids need. So, like, when they seem like they're really stressed out and and really just frazzled, then then we tend to stay home more. And then if they feel like, or they seem like they need to get out and be with other kids more, then we try to try to do that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely. I don't know that there's a one-size-fits-all answer to that. No, I don't think so either. I I think I've mentioned before that for my own kids that I do notice it's it's almost measurable um, how much time has been in between playdates. Um, like if it's been a significant amount of time, I don't have, I couldn't, I, I've never actually sat down and noticed how many days <laughs> or whatever, but you know, it's, it's tangible. Um, if they haven't played with their friends in, you know, a certain amount of time that they get crankier and crankier and crankier. So I kind of go by that gauge. Mm-hmm. Um, I do try to plan at least one day a week where we, um, have a play date with friends and we get out of the house. Usually we do it at other people's houses or when the weather's nice, we do it at the park. But of course over the summer, it's impossible. It's just too hot, but, um, and it's still hot. (laughs) It won't be cool here until October. So, (laughs) um, although it is getting down below the hundreds finally, yay, Yay! bad when you think 90 to 90 to 98 is cool. Exactly. (laughs) Like, woo, it's actually tolerable. I don't even have my AC on all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I, I try to, I try to plan at least one day, if not more. Although once, now that we're, you know, um, with a charter school and we have, I have kind of more somebody breathing down my neck. I do feel like I have to stay home more just to make sure to get the stuff done. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I try to plan at least one day and then if other things come up, I, I usually tend to jump at the opportunity because I think that the socializing, you know, although I'm not like stressed about that whole S word thing, I do, I do mm-hmm. feel like that's more important than academics. So where I won't do five days a week socializing, I do try to kind of, when the opportunities come up, we'll jump at, jump at them. But, and I also just watch my kids. If my kids are antsy, I know them well enough to know that if they're fighting a lot and they're just being really crabby, then they probably need to get out of the house. They need to be around other people. <laughs> they right. need a different environment. Even just sometimes if we don't, like I don't want to really go to the whole hassle of arranging a whole play date because I know we'll be stuck there for hours because it's really not worth doing it unless you can do it for at least two or three hours. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, an hour of play is nothing. So mm-hmm. um, I'll just get them in the car and drive them around. Sometimes we'll just go to Target. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just a different, just, change the scenery you know it doesn't have to be anything that costs money it's just you know go and play in the toy section you know <laughs> just just a change of scenery so um field trips are definitely a, a big big help with that too though so since we've got this facebook group that we joined this year um that where there's all these local homeschoolers that are planning field trips i think we are seriously going to be enjoying ourselves this next yes. <laughs> this next school year because there is so much planned i just hope we can do a lot of it but yeah, there's a lot coming up, so that's going to be really fun, and we'll talk about that as it comes up, too. Yes. But, yeah, I don't think that there's a specific – I think you really just kind of have to get to know your kids and yourself because I'm sure that there are some moms that struggle with – you know, I know that there's some introver- introverts out there that don't like to leave the house, and they have to struggle to get their kids out of the house because it's, they don't want to go. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be individual. It's definitely going to be individual depending on your kids and yourself and – Oh, and just, situation. It's, it's different from day to day even. Oh, it is. Yeah, definitely. And then season to season mm-hmm. <laughs> because the weather makes it difficult sometimes of the year, depending on where you are. So, yeah. 
So I think the best you can do is the best you can do, and don't be try to beat yourself up if you're you know if your extroverted child feels like they're not getting out enough, you know, um, or if your introverted child feels like you're you're going out too much, you know. All you can do is try to find the balance between the two. I have found that it does work nicely once they get old enough, and if you have families that are comfortable that you're comfortable doing this with. Um, there have been times when I will stay home with one child. I don't have an introverted and an extroverted. I think they're both extroverted, but <laughs> but if I did have one that was introverted, I might keep them home and drop the other child off to play with a friend. Mm-hmm. I've done that's that. A, that's a really good idea too. Yeah. So if you have somebody that you can do that with, drop them off, or or like I my family's here in town, so I've also set up like dates with Nana and Bampa where, you know, I'll take Maven or Tyrion over and I'll just drop them off um, to go play and I'll go home with the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, so do, you know, a cooking project with Nana or something. So that's something you can do if you have an extroverted child that really needs some extra time with people and the introverted really wants to stay home. You, if you can find a place that you can take the other one and drop them off or even if they, like I've had friends that come and pick her up. Like, Tyrion hasn't had this yet, but Maven has been picked up on more than one occasion to go play at a friend's house also, which is really nice. Yes. So that's yes. another option. Excellent. Yeah. Um, we have another uh, message from Nadine also through Facebook. I would be interested in hearing your thoughts about how many subjects you teach your children and how much is too much. Like beyond the basics, reading, writing, math, science, history, do you do art, music, instruments, religion, cooking, sewing, foreign language, and so on with any regularity? Do you do a few weeks of each? This is under the assumption that the children want to do all of this as opposed to the parent thinking it's a good idea. So child-led interests. Right. Well, on this particular one, um, we talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. Um um, I, I definitely, my focus is on the, the main four, you know, reading, right. Right, you know, well, she's got it broken down into five, but I, I put language arts together, reading and writing. Right. But, um, we also are starting this year to do art history, which we will do on Fridays. Um, and basically the way I, I think about if, how many subjects I teach my children, it depends. It depends on where, what level they're at and where they're at, because mm-hmm. right now, we're very consumed in just, like, Jack is very consumed just in learning to read. Right. And so most of his time and energy is spent on that. And Danielle right now is very focused on um, getting her math skills up to, you know, where I think they should be. Right. And so I don't have a lot of time to do a whole lot of other things. Um, but it's really easy to tell how much is too much because everyone starts getting burnt out. Absolutely. If everybody is angry, if everybody is cranky, if mom is drinking, you know, six pots of coffee a day (laughs) and your kids are sitting at the table for seven hours, you're doing too much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty, you know, um, that's a pretty easy gauge right there to figure out, you know, if you're doing too much. And and then there's also comes a point where you seem like you're doing too little. Like right now with Jack, it really feels like I'm not doing enough. Right, and so um, I asked our our teacher to bring up um, another book on another package on reading because I feel like we're just doing explode the code right now, and I'm just feeling like that's not enough. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it's kind of a feel thing. It's like, do you feel like um, you're doing enough? Do you feel like there's some way that it could be tweaked so maybe the child could be getting a little more out of it? But as far as doing art, music, instruments, not so much religion because uh, we don't teach that but uh cooking sewing any of those things are they're great as long as they're not overwhelming the child but the other thing that we talked about was a lot of those things that the children can learn just in life um right danielle wanted to learn to knit 
And I knew that if I tried to teach her to knit, one or both of us would end up dead. (laughs) (laughs) That would be bad. (laughs) Yes. Just because I know how Danielle and I are. And I know that for me, I would think in the back of my head, she doesn't need to know how to knit. And this is driving me crazy teaching her how to knit. So what I did is I gave her a book that I happen to have, Teach Yourself Visual Knitting. And then I also gave her a bunch, I opened up a bunch of websites for her to make it so that I knew exactly what website she was on that showed her videos on how to knit. And she taught herself to knit. Awesome. Right. And cooking, you know, your kids are in with you when you're cooking. You may not technically be like going, okay, now I'm going to add a quarter of a cup of milk and I'm going to, you know, but they're seeing you cook. Right. You know, and that's at this age, that's pretty appropriate for my children. Uh, Maven's a little older. So and Danielle actually does some cooking on her own as well. She makes toast uh-huh. and chicken nuggets and things like that. And so those are kind of things you learn in life. Sure. You know, um, but art, music, an instrument definitely takes, you know, a commitment to learning. Absolutely. And so you would add those in where you can fit them in and hopefully no one gets too burnt out on it. Yeah. I think also... You wouldn't do all of those things at the same time. No. I think you would space space them out over the lifetime of the education, you know, the time period that the kids are being educated, you know. So, of course, it depends on what it is that your kid wants. I mean, if they're learning piano, they probably want to keep doing that throughout all those years. But, like, things like cooking and sewing, you could just sprinkle in here and there. And then, you know, once they get the basics, they can just keep practicing in their own time and... um, I, I actually, my mom is really, really good at cooking and sewing and knitting and crocheting and any craft, crafty thing you can think of, she knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I have in the past um, assigned her the job of teaching Maven those things because I don't know how to teach them to her. I, there are a couple of those things I could teach Maven, but I'm not good at any of them. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I, and I don't enjoy doing any of them currently. So, um, so I, so I farm that out. <laughs> <laughs> and actually this year Maven said that she wanted to learn from Nana again. So we're going to do that again this year. So that, that works for me because then I can send Maven over to work with Nana and she can learn that and I can check that off and I don't have to do it. Exactly. <laughs> so if you have somebody, it doesn't have to be a family member. If you don't have a family member that does that or is nearby, you know, if you have a friend or, you know, maybe there's somebody that your, your friend, your child's friend maybe is learning from somebody. Maybe you can t- have them tag. It's possible to have them tag along or whatever. So that's something that you could, you know, you don't necessarily have to incorporate into your school day unless um, unless there is no other options, you know. But um, they, I mean, there's so many different creative ways that you can you can figure that out. And um, for art, my kids are always doing art, so I, I've, I've never really focused on teaching art per se because it's just part of their life and they breathe art, especially Maven. <laughs> yeah, she just. She just, everything about her is art. So, I mean, she's literally constantly folding origami, drawing pictures, um, uh, sculpting things, creating things out of recyclables with hot glue guns and just amazing the stuff that this child creates. And I don't have to, I don't have, because of the way she is, I don't have to even include it. It's just there. (laughs) So I don't have to do anything with that. So I know she's getting that. I mean, I just have to provide the materials and the, and the space to do it in a little bit of rules about cleaning up, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah. So I think, you know, like you said that too much is pretty obvious to tell if you're doing too much. <laughs> Don't try to do it all at once. And, nope. 
you know, maybe alternate seasons. Like if you're talking about handcrafts, like cooking and sewing. And um, like with my family, we do woodworking with Bompa because he has a whole um, wood shop in his garage although right now it's too hot to do it so they're gonna have to think of something else but (laughs) it's too hot out there in the garage um you know those kind of handcraft things knitting sewing um you could just alternate you know each season do something new or each month or something you know learn something new and then encourage them to do it in their free time if they if they really enjoy it they they should be drawn to it and if they don't then you know it's not for them it's not like any of those things are things that anybody has to learn i think they're definitely helpful if they want to learn it but if they don't yeah (laughs) <laughs> you know, there's been things that Maven has learned that she just wasn't interested in after trying it. And so, right. eh, whatever. <laughs> right. Other than the main subjects, the rest is all <laughs> voluntary. <laughs> so. After that, it's all optional. That's what they were called electives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we were forced to take electives, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm not sure how that helps Nadine, but hopefully something there will help. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's hard because these are really good questions, but they're just so um, personal, I think. Um, yes. Really individual. It's not, it's not really, there's no formula for this kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> you have to kind of figure it out with your own kids. I mean, we can tell you what we do with our kids, but that's not necessarily going to work with you and your kids, so. So, and then our last question for this week, and now I'm going to try, I get to pronounce her name this time. Yeah. <laughs> and she said that we actually did pretty good last time. So Yay! I want to say Chinonyaram. Sounds uh, good to me. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, again. You should, uh, Chinonyaram. You should leave us a voicemail and tell us how you pronounce your name. Yeah, yeah. We do the phone number at the end of the at the end of the show so you can give us a call um yeah that would be great because i have a feeling we're going to hear more from you in the future (laughs) we love it when we get some some of you guys like to keep writing to us and we love 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 that so keep it coming so she says i'm not sure if your kids are into it but my son has really taken a liking to graphic comics in fact this summer that's pretty much all he read i was okay with that because it's summer i'd like him to read regular books too during the school year But along the way, we discovered some really good ones. Clover for anime and Boxcar Children graphic novels. Never even heard of that. (laughs) (laughs) Any recommendations for other good ones? Thoughts about the quality of graphic novels and the place they should or can have in one's homeschool? And I'm going to have to completely turn this over to Becky because I've never even picked up a graphic novel, much less explored it with my kids. My kids have never (laughs) seen a graphic novel. I don't think they even know they exist. So it might be something I might have to pursue in the future because I've just, it's just never occurred to me. Well, I know Danielle has read a few um, that she um, got um, from the previous charter school, actually. And I honestly, I can't remember the titles of them, but they're, you know, the typical little girl animes, you know, with the Mm -hmm. sailor suits and the little, you know, (laughs) funny hair and whatever. And they're, they're super cute little things. And of course, I was okay with her reading because as I, as I always say, reading is reading. Right. Um, and um, especially since they, she got them during the summer, it really wasn't a problem because I was fine with her reading them because it's summertime. She can do whatever she wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so I don't have any specific title recommendations. But for anybody who is considering going the way of graphic uh, novels or anime or manga, as it's called, um, first and foremost, be aware that there are way more manga out there for adults than there are for children. Do not let your children go into the bookstore by themselves to pick it out yeah. because it's all together. Oh, do they really put it side by side? That's yes, it's I know, all together. I've, I've heard about the adult ones and yeah, 
Oh, I, I I'm not. I'm not talking about like like adult adult. You're talking. Yeah, about, I'm not talking okay. about like adult adult. I mean, those I, exist too. They do absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm talking about the ones that their for concept of right. Yeah, their concept of what what um, is okay for just your average like adult to read and and the the line that they have for adult and adult adult is different than what our line is. Oh, absolutely. Because I I I don't know that I've mentioned on the show before, but I used to live in Okinawa, so I was very very into that kind of thing when I lived over in Okinawa. And Japanese, now I know not not all graphic novels are Japanese, but a lot of them are anime. I know, so they do have non-Japanese ones, right? Yeah, I believe okay, so. I'm yeah, just assuming. So, um, Boxcar Children doesn't sound like anime, but <laughs> that's more but, of a comic book, I think. Yeah, but well, they we would consider a comic book. Oh, right. But they have the things that they put in children's shows, even where stuff <laughs> that you would never see in American show. I mean, some of the stuff that some of the the sexual connota- connotations and the violence in them. Although nowadays the violence is kind of in all of the American stuff too. But yeah, it's much more over the top. So you want to we want to check it out first. <laughs> so this is definitely something you want to do. Either research it beforehand and then present to your child, or go with your child to make sure that you're checking everything they get. Because, like, my brother just sent me um, three Alice in Wonderland mangas, and I was like, I, I immediately put them in my room because even though they're Alice in Wonderland, I haven't had a chance to look through them yet to make sure that there's mm-hmm. nothing in there that would be inappropriate for the kids. Right, right. Um, though once I do, if I if they pass the test, I'm perfectly okay with Daniel reading them. Right. Um, so that's the one thing. And um, I think as far as um, a place they can have in homeschool, they definitely can have a place in homeschool. Sure. Um, there are, um, like like I said, Alice in Wonderland uh, manga. Um, there, there's mangas for um, classic novels. Um, you can find comic books and things of, of classic novels. Um, like up in my attic, I know it's not a classic novel, but it's the same idea. I have a, a set of comic books that are Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, fun. And so if you've read the book, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it might be, or if a child has read a book, it might be nice if you could find a comic of the same thing and have them read that as well, because then they'll have the pictures and everything else to go along with the story. Another thing that's really cool about it is it gets kids thinking about what they can do. And so Danielle has actually drawn some of her own comics based on what she's read. And um, she doesn't, she gets upset because manga, I don't know if you know this, but manga is read backwards. You oh, because start, it's, ju- it's Japanese, right? right? So you start yeah. at the back and you back, work the way to... It's not backwards for them. But. It's not backwards for them, but... <laughs> yeah. but, but the English our, ones, yeah. <laughs> for our way of thinking, yeah. even if they're written in English, they're still right. read, they're still they're read, read in Japanese fashion. Front. Right, Back to yeah. front. Yeah. So um, she didn't like that part of it, so she does hers <laughs> front to back. But other than that, she's, you know, she's like, she enjoys copying the style, and so that gives her art practice, drawing practice, writing practice, and the whole idea of making up a story. Mm-hmm. to go along with it is really good. So yeah. that that's one thing. They could use that as a way of doing a book report. Or um, what do you, what is it that you guys call it when you read something and then you, you tell it back? Narration. Narration, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I'm not Charlotte Mason, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, she, she, you could use that as, um, as a form of narr- narration, having sure. them draw their own comic to yeah. go with whatever it was that they read. So that's... Some- one thing yeah some kids are really drawn to comics there's just something about it i i had a huge comic collection when i was a kid and and now my comic collection has really been weeded down a lot Mm -hmm. but um the ones i have now i I, michael asked me my oldest asked me the other day when is it that i'm going to get your comic books and i said (laughs) you'll be prying them from my cold dead hands (laughs) (laughs) actually i i I said that but i said well actually they're they're in my will and you'll get them but you know (laughs) (laughs) 
but he was like thinking he was going to get my comic books, you know, sometime soon. I'm like, dude, no yeah. way. I'm You're like not outgrowing them. <laughs> those are mine. I mean, I've got my Neil Gaiman comic books, and I've got oh. Rocky Horror, and you know, so. And there's a comic for every every taste. Um, recently, well, not recently, two months ago or so, was Free Comic Book Day. Oh. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. It's a national thing where comic book stores and comic book publishers get together, and the publisher provides the comic book stores with a stack of free comic books to give out. Oh, nice. And, and usually there's several different ones. We got there really late, so there was only like one or two different kinds available when we went. But And, and it happens every year in June. Mm-hmm. And um, you just go, and just for showing up, they will give you free comic books. Well, and so nice. the kids got um, Yo Gabba Gabba <laughs> comic books. Um, and then I took them in and let them each pick out one comic book of their own to start their comic book collection. And Jack got a Transformers comic book, because that's what he's into. And Danielle, my little daughter, I'm so proud of her, got Batgirl and Nightwing. <laughs> I'm a huge Batman fan. And so um, now they have their first comic books, and they've read them and everything. And so then they can start their own collection, and they start their own, you know, collection of comic books. And I'm kind of eh, proud geek mom about that. <laughs> yeah, we don't do comic books. I did when I was a kid. I mean, I had all the Archie and Richie Rich and <laughs> Casper the Friendly Ghost. I had all those. My brother had all the X-Men. I had the New Mutants. Nice. Yeah, we were into all that back in the day. I remember doing that, but yeah, I don't know. I I stopped sometime in adolescence and never came back to it. In fact, I Adam knows a little bit more about it than me because he's more in the geek world with that kind of thing and gaming. And he's in he, you know, when I met him, he would spend a lot of time in those um, game shops playing magic and mm-hmm. and stuff. So he knew he's up on the comic book stuff, although he doesn't own any comic books that I... Oh, he did. He's, got, he's still got boxes of them, actually, now that I think about it. But it, I, I've never seen him go through them. They're just sitting in a closet. But, uh, um, so he's, he tells me, you know, he told, he mentioned it. I don't know. It came up at one point and I was like, oh, do they still have those? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like I was so out of the loop that I literally had no idea that comics still existed. I thought it was more of a seventies, eighties thing. You know, <laughs> he's like, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, I'm so out of the loop. <laughs> but, uh, I don't care. It just, it doesn't appeal to me, but that's me, you know, <laughs> their own. Exactly. So, I mean, I remember that excitement, uh, back then <laughs> so i'm sure kids nowadays still feel that so absolutely very cool so i think we covered our listener mail for today so and we're going to have a word from our sponsors this episode of the savvy homeschool moms is brought to you by moving beyond the page the homeschool curriculum that i use for science social studies and language arts I get to read great books, do creative projects, and learn critical thinking skills. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the coupon code SAVVY for free shipping on your next order. Do you remember what it's like to be an adolescent? Postcards from Youth needs youth photographers' images and words to participate in the conversation. If you have children aged 11 to 17, we invite you to have them submit photos they have taken of their surroundings, family, friends, community, interests, and concerns to our website, postcardsfromyouth.com. So today we are going to talk about um, a topic that has been coined title learning or title homeschooling um, by Melissa Wiley, and she is a fabulous author of children's books um you can check her out at melissawiley.com 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she's uh, a homeschooler also, which is what makes we, us just love her even more, I think. Yes. <laughs> We've been, I think, I think actually Becky was the one that introduced me to her a long time ago. So she's got a really cool blog and um, um, recommend go check it out because she's got tons of, the, the thing that I really absolutely love about going to her blog for is all the book recommendations. Yes. Oh my tons gosh. Of recommendations. Have, I've gotten some fabulous book recommendations from her. So Melissa came up with this term and um, because early on people were asking her about what her style was. Everybody always wants to know what style of homeschooling you have. And so she didn't really have a term. So she came up with title learning or title homeschooling. Mm -hmm. Um, And did you want to read what it was about? Sure. I can read that. that. This is a a quote from her, um, her blog. Um, We have high times when I charter a boat and we set sail with purpose and direction, deliberately casting our nets for a particular type of fish. On these excursions, I am the captain. I have charted the course, but the children are eager crew members and because they know I value their contributions. And I also provide generous rations, no stale or moldy bread on this ship, no dull textbooks, no dry workbooks. My sailors sink their teeth into fresh, hearty bread slathered with rich butter and tart sweet jam. Well-fed and proud of their work, my little crew exhilarates in the voyage. Every journey is an adventure. And we have low tide times when we amble along the shore, peering into tide pools and digging in the sand, or just relaxing under beach umbrella. The children wander off in directions of their own choosing. They dig and poke and ponder. One of them may crouch over a rock pool and stay there for days, studying, watching, while another will run headlong into the waves, thrilling to the pull on her legs, splashing, leaping, diving under, and emerging triumphantly farther out. Or a child may prefer to stay close by my side, drawing stick pictures in the stand or building a castle. All of these things may be happening at once. Sometimes it looks as though nothing is happening. There's there's just an array of bodies on beach towels. But oh, the nourishment there is in that time of quiet reflection while the soul soaks up the sunlight. I love her. I know. I just love that. Uh, It's awesome. So for her, um, the high tide times are when they they follow a more Charlotte Mason method, which is actually, I think, another way that I discovered her because I think she's also on some of the Charlotte Mason lists that I'm on. Mm -hmm. Um, So during high tide times, um, when they're doing more structured work, so um, they do a more Charlotte Mason method. And then during their low tide times, for her, their family is more unschooly and they they have no structure and and they're all about child-led learning. And Becky and I were talking about this and we were thinking, you know, this actually, this kind of, what did we say? It was like a metaphor, I guess, huh? It's not not a style of homeschooling. It's It's a metaphor for for how to homes how you may choose to homeschool i guess and how she chooses to homeschool how she chooses to homeschool but i was thinking that it really works well for many of the rest of us too cuz you know there are definitely times when we're more structured and other times when we're less structured mm-hmm. and i find that um you know sometimes you know you get this image in your head of how homeschooling is supposed to look and that it should Again, referring to all those blogs out there that are kind of the like the Martha Stewart of homeschoolers, kind of doing mm-hmm. all their fabulous structured work and everything. And it, it makes me feel, and I'm sure other people feel this way too, that I should be doing more. I should be doing stuff like that. And reading this kind of a metaphor really makes me feel like it's okay to also have those low tide times when you don't, you know like around in the summertime or in the, around the holidays or even maybe within a week there may be a day when you're doing less um during the week than right. other days you know so how's that worked out for you guys 
Well, as I've said before, one of the reasons that we homeschool is because of, of uh, Dean's work, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it works well for us that when Daddy's at work, that's high tide for us. That's when mommy has got everything planned and we're doing, you know, everything by the book and whatever. But then when dad's off and we have more time that we can spend with him, then we tend to, to go more into the low tide where people are, you know, uh, pursuing their own interests and, and we're doing stuff together as a family as well, of course. Right. Um, but it's more, you know, like that's when we go to the train museum and we learn about trains and that's when we, you know, those sorts of things that we can learn as a family but aren't necessarily stuff that's written down in the curriculum right yeah i i really like this this idea i think that we i i i it makes me feel better about the way that our homeschooling does kind of ebb and flow mm-hmm. um because there have been times when in the past i've felt like well it should always be high tide kind of thing you know we should always be structured and and um or at least most of the time be really on task. And it's just reality doesn't work that way. (laughs) Exactly. And I was the same way when I started homeschooling. I thought there is no reason on the planet why we can't do school five days a week and do our full schedule. And, you know, if if we're not doing that, then somehow I'm failing. Right, right, exactly. Somehow I'm doing something incorrectly because we're not able to, you know, stay at that level all of the time. Because that's what what public schools do, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, exactly. But then I sit down and think about it, and I think, yeah, but then kids graduate from high school not being able to read. And yeah. <laughs> so while some of the children, you know, the, the, some of the children, I suppose, in public school are at high tide all the time, the rest of them are underneath it drowning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. want to avoid that. So <laughs> when, right. when we need to lower the, the workload, we do. Right. Right, and it feels good to know that this is this is very much a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it just really made me think about it in a different way, and I I really I think that especially new homeschoolers really need to know this kind of thing that it's okay to to have those low tides, and you know, and there are some people that entire their entire you know there's a lot of unschoolers out there that the entire thing is low tide, and that's fine too. Mm-hmm. You know, if that works for your family, but I would, uh, I would think that was probably a typical uh, idea a typical um, unschooling thing that it would probably mostly be low tide because that's when she's letting them do their own thing, right? Yeah. So I thought that was mostly what unschooling was. Yeah, it is. So, so that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So so we were hoping that might help some of you guys who are also diving into homeschooling maybe for the first time or maybe haven't quite gotten the hang of it. Although, like I said, I'm, I'm working on my seventh year here and I still haven't gotten the hang of it. So don't feel bad. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it, it will come. Yeah. And, and, then I don't know the next, and then the next day it will change. So yeah, I don't so. know that I'll ever feel like I'm, I've really got the hang of it. Probably my kids will be, you know, moving on and out of the house and I'll be like, Oh, Oh, we're done. Oh, I guess I don't have to keep trying to figure this out anymore. <laughs> Gosh darn it. I just figured out how to teach you guys fractions. I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, I'm, yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that will, and that was kind of a short topic for today, but we really, really love Melissa Wiley and we encourage everybody to go check out her website. She's just a really neat person. You may have heard of her. She does, um, she did um, some books that were like, what do you call them? Pre, uh, what's the term Little for that? House, uh, they were prequels. Prequels. Yeah, that's the word. Prequels to the Little House on the Prairie series, yes. um, which unfortunately are all out of print, but our library system has them all. So 
She actually just released three new books last month. Did, you know did she? No. Uh, they're not Little House on the Prairie books. Um, she has a ready-to-read book called Inch and Polly. Oh, I'm sorry, Inch and Raleigh Make a Wish. Mm-hmm. A Step into Reading, Fox and Crow Are Not Friends. Oh, and, I think I saw that. Yeah. And then another book called The Prairie Thief, which maybe looks like a chapter book. And they were all just released last month. Yeah, she's an. I I have never read any of her books yet, but reading her blog, she's an amazing writer. Just she the way is. that she writes is so fun and funny and thought provoking, and like I was telling Becky before the the podcast started, um, she has the best tweets. I yes. love her tweets because they're mostly about silly things, funny things, quirky things her kids said. <laughs> she's got six <laughs> kids and they're always saying something funny or doing something funny. I love it. It's just so fun reading her. She's just she's just such a likable person. I It makes me want to go out and buy all of her books if I have enough money. But <laughs> and Don't forget to mention her comic. Oh, that's right. She has a new comic. Um, she writes with her husband, and I guess there's another. I guess does her husband actually do the drawing, or is he helps with the writing? I think it looked like on the website that it said that he's the other writer, and that they quoted another guy as the actual illustrator, I believe. But that's didn't awesome. you say that he was a he was an illustrator too? I you know I don't know. I know he does oh, okay. something with comics, but I'm not quite oh, okay. sure. Well, I think that he. I think her and her husband write it, and then somebody else does the actual drawing but it's called into the thickle bit which is really cute it's um she's got a i somewhere on her website i remember reading an explanation of what that means it's a word that one of her children came up with it was really cute but yeah so you have to check that out too that's really cute i I suspect a lot of it is actual snapshots of their life because it's the kind of thing that she tweets about the kind of comments that are that she tweets about are just what you see in her in those comics too <laughs> like I, I'm just glancing at one right here. Dad's laying on the couch taking a nap, and the little girl says, "Would you like to hear a brief history of the pinata?" <laughs> I, I don't know why that's hilariously funny to me. It just, I adore that. Yeah, so, definitely check out into the thick bit. Yes, yes, and we'll put all those links in the show notes because I don't of have course. them in front of me right now. But of course, that's what we do. Yes. So I think that pretty much covers it. I late, think so. late, but better late than never, I suppose. Is That's this? the saying. <laughs> yes, we had some technical difficulties this week, but technical and health difficulties. Yeah, de- technical and health difficulties. Oh, and let me just say for everybody who posted on Facebook and everything, get well notes for me. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, that you guys are nice. so sweet. <laughs> It's yes. nice to know you're missed. <laughs> and thank you for being so patient with us as well. We apologize, but, you know, sometimes life happens. I know you guys understand. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally got it out. Yay, we're done. Yay. <laughs> and then, then it'll probably take me another day and a half to edit it, but you'll, you'll be listening to this eventually. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, all right. So if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. You can find us on Twitter at Savvy Homeschool on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool Moms, on Pinterest at pinterest.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool, and on Instagram, we are Savvy Homeschool Moms. To leave us a voicemail message with your questions or comments, call 559-426-6670 or drop us an email at moms at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. For links to resources shared in this episode and to view notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. You can also find Becky on the web at BeckyTatro.com, and I can be found at HomeschoolRealm.com, and the links for those are also on the Savvy Homeschool Moms website on our About pages. So goodbye, everybody. Have a fun week, and come back and take a break with us again next week. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye.
last week's episode, an airplane went over my head. <laughs> Which we decided to talk today about something that has been called title learning or homeschooling. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me redo that. <laughs> it's called homeschooling. Yeah. It's this amazing new concept we just heard about. It's called homeschooling. You should really look into this. It's awesome. <laughs> Oh, are we a are we a comic book podcast? 